With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What the fuck is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with a Stanley Cup champions! Yeah! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hello, Noel. How are you today? Good. How are you? How are you? Good. How was your weekend? It was good. It was sports packed. You know, I played a little soccer with the kids, you know, trying to get that normalcy back. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then watch some football. And I actually, there was football on this weekend. There was football on this weekend, oh, and that was actually an entertaining. It was more entertaining than last weekend, that's for sure. Oh yeah, but yeah, I also I'm I'm a little late to the party on it, but I don't think you've seen it. But I watched the uh, the Tiger Woods. Uh, H- I watched HBO. the first twenty minutes and passed out. Oh, you liked it that much, huh? Well, oh, good, I, good. You know, I'm I'm a very busy man editing things and things like that. Yeah, so I, I just like that. You know, so work I just, and <laughs> life and sitting and watching uh, what Cobra Kai. I'm already done with Cobra oh, Kai. Oh, sorry, sorry. Big no, season. but I mean, everybody knows the story. One of the great golfers, right? I don't need to explain all that shit. Cheating on his wife and you know going to Vegas and having a crazy time. But it was a really interesting freaking documentary. I mean, some of the footage, and I knew that Earl Woods was a crazy man. I thought that he was just a crazy dad that was living vicariously through his kid. And it was a military dad. I want this kid to be a golfer and I'm going to mold him into what the hell I want. Kind of like, you know, the Williams sisters, dad, something like that, you know? Right. But holy shit, this dude was nuts. I did pick that up the first 20 minutes. Like even his kindergarten teacher said that this guy was psychotic. Right. And fine. You know, the the kindergarten teacher's one thing. She said, well, maybe Tiger uh, would like to play another sport. And he's like, fuck off. He's playing golf. What are you talking about? That part I get. Like, don't tell me how to raise my kids part. But the part when he started thinking that he was like going to bridge the gap between races and he was like the next Mahatma Gandhi. Tears in his eyes like this guy's the second coming, man. It was crazy. He was a little nuts. And being in the first 20 minutes, I don't know. But the Winnebago that he would bring to the golf course? This piece of garbage. I mean, what a piece. So the apple didn't fall far from the tree when it came to adultery. 
Okay. This guy, he'd be playing golf with one of his military buddies and Tiger. Tiger's like 10, mm-hmm. right? He'd bring a Winnebago to the golf course and he'd be banging out women in the Winnebago while Tiger's like on a green putting. What a beast. I mean, God. <laughs> What a crazy man. Isn't that what the I, hogs used to do? You know, like Yeah, but I mean they didn't camp? have their kids standing around. <laughs> like, hey dad, you finished in there? Give me a few more minutes, boy. <laughs> I gotta use the bathroom. And and one other thing, and then we can move on. What mm-hmm. the hell is with these guys that have these beautiful wives that get with these ugly women? Did you see pictures of this uh what the hell's her name? Uh Rachel Ocatel, I don't know, the mistress that he was with her for like 10 years or whatever, hitting it. He was with her for 10 years? Yeah, on and off for like 10 years. Jeez. She looks like Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, that's Maybe what she, was she him, with the real parts, though. <laughs> I mean, that's what she looks like. I'm like, she comes on, I'm like, damn, really? Maybe, I mean, you still see his ex-wife. She looks great. Maybe they, they think that the uglier they are, the less likely it is they're going to talk. Maybe. You know? I have no idea. I mean, she looked halfway decent before all the plastic surgery and stuff. She looked all right. But he didn't have some beast at home. I mean, he had top notch. Yeah, well. And give it to him. He gets this top notch girl, the Swedish model or whatever the hell she is. This guy looks like fucking macking me. <laughs> look him up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody look up what Mac and me looks like. Do a side by side with Tiger he and does. tell me he You're doesn't look like right. Mac and me. This guy, I mean It's actually Mac. It's Mac, Mac and me is the movie. Whatever. Mac and me is the movie. But he looks like <laughs> Mac the alien. All right. This is what this guy looks like. He's getting the creme de la creme. And he's going with some beast. At the end of the day, he's going with where he should have been to begin with before he had money. So Anyway, HBO always does a great job with documentaries, but it was great, like the footage and just at the course, talking with Stevie Williams' former caddy and the shit they used to do, stuff like that. It was it was great. Well, I know that there's an uproar from Tiger's camp because he wasn't interviewed in it. It wasn't like The Last Dance because it wasn't coming out of Tiger's mouth. So there was a lot of, you know, is it true? Is it not true? And That's but, why it was so awesome. Well, right. And I'm, yeah. The Last Dance was completely produced by Jordan. So they had a lot of creditable people people on that they i mean they had earl's family friend that's known tiger since he was a baby they had his former caddy on there they had best friends back when he was growing up his former ex-girlfriend that was on there talking about his relationship with his family i mean they had some creditable people on there so hbo usually doesn't dramatize things it's not like watching a documentary on lifetime or some shit like that you know big lifetime documentary guy well (laughs) i I mean i know that they have a tendency to dramatize things that's all for the masses like daniel Yell steel. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip right there and all. Just the Christmas movies for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, check it out. It's good. If you can make it through the first 20 minutes and not fall asleep, of course. That is a struggle, but I will give it another shot. All right. Go for I, it. Yeah, then we can talk about it again. All right. So um, what do you think about the games? Pretty damn good. They were good. They weren't the teams that I chose or would have liked to have seen in the Super Bowl. But, you know, hey, it's... um, yeah. Brady and Mahomes show. Never bet against Brady. Unbelievable, this guy. 42, 43, whatever the hell he is. It's unbelievable. And I know I talked about it. If you actually got to the end of the show, I know it was a very long show last episode, but there's some weird likability factor for me with Brady, I guess because he's kind of like, he's the underdog now. So many people said that it it was Belichick, it was the system that he was in, and it's almost like a big fuck you 
from him. Agreed. That's something I can get behind. And we've all been in that situation where, where you're trying to prove somebody wrong that it's not all the machine that's doing it, you know, the company that you're with, whatever situation you're in. And I think, I don't know, I don't necessarily like him as, as a human. He's just an asshole. If Satan is, is legitimately real, he definitely sold I his mean, soul. I mean, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> with him. He's just an asshole no, quarterback. No, I'm saying that he sold his soul to the devil, everything oh, oh, that he oh, has. Okay. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. other explanation. Yeah, yeah. There's something about it, like, that I don't hate him right now. And he's gone to a new team. And he's proven that even though he threw three picks, I think, back to back to back drives, they still won the game. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily him that won that game, but it's just the aura of Tom Brady for some reason. I'll tell you what really surprised me in that game. I, I'm not with you on that part because I dislike him wholeheartedly and I don't give a shit that he's like having this redemption song of going to another team, like you said. Um, kind of like, you know, Tiger won the Masters and redeemed himself to a certain extent when he won it in 2019. And going people back to were that, still behind him, and and even, even after him. all the shit that he's done. Yeah, you know? but with this guy, I mean, yeah, he went to a brand new team first year out the gate. I'll tell you, he was rifling the ball on Sunday. Yeah, he was gunning some balls in there. There was a couple flutters, you know, those picks that were like those sky balls. But man, some of those balls over the middle and in those two games, Matt, they were allowing these corners and these D-backs to play physical on these receivers in both games. Yeah, well, both except games. for that last play that the Bucs got well, that yeah, call. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was a pa- I don't give a shit. That was a pass interference call. Yeah. I mean, it was. Regardless of what they did previously in the game and they were letting him play physical and all that, the guy had his T-shirt pulled back two I, feet from his body. I understand, but you have to be consistent, and they were doing that shit the entire game. They weren't doing that the whole game, though. The ones they were doing that during the game, though, were like rubs, grabbing, ticky-tack shit. And I agree with you to a certain extent, but that one, they would have never lived that one down if they allowed that one to go. And then imagine if Green Bay got the ball back and scored. Oh, shit, man. I'm sure Goodell was like, he had his buzzer or whatever he does to the refs. Did you see how late that flag came out? The ref was like, yeah. ah. he's like, he threw. Do, do I go Rodgers or do I go Brady? Which one? What, <laughs> Mr. Goodell? Who, Mr. Goodell? They're doing the ratings <laughs> forecast as the game is going on to see who right. would get the better ratings. But it was a hell of a game. Green Bay just made more mistakes during the game that allowed them to lose. I mean, that bomb. That know. bomb. The, the Bucks made quite a few mistakes too. And that that bomb at the end of the half was backbreaking. Oh, absolutely. Backbreaking. I'm saying Tom Brady threw three picks. What in the fourth quarter? Oh, two of them were like bombs down the field that were basically like punts. No, I know. Okay, I know. The backbreaking plays were the bomb with six seconds left on fourth down. How do you with, allow that to happen? I have no idea. Don't it's unbelievable. Know. And the Aaron Jones fumble was huge. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a gr- he had a run going there, and then they just had to ball. Boom! Exploded that ball out. That was another <laughs> huge play. It was one of those games where it was a couple of mistakes, but it was two gunslingers, man. It was one of those old school gunslinger games that they were just going back and forth. Real um, question is though, why didn't Rodgers run for that touchdown? I agree. I don't know. There was nobody know. there on the and right tr- side, and then they don't go for it, and then they don't go for it, and then they don't go for it. Unbelievable. And then um, the other game, kind of anticlimactic. The Buffalo gets got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, they, I mean they, they had no chance. It was like right. NASCAR versus go karts. Well, I mean, must be nice. And I texted you this after the game was over. Must be nice for Kansas City. I mean, they get the quadrilateral on this fucking thing. They get to keep the name. They're out there doing the tomahawk chop, <laughs> doing the old school music. 
Yeah. They've got their quarterback absolutely no I don't give a shit what they say. No concussion protocol was done. He couldn't <laughs> walk a week ago. Bullshit. And then on top of that, the stadium was packed. I was listening to Cooley, and he was saying that there's no fucking way this guy's playing next week because it's one thing to get completely knocked out, but it's another thing to be knocked out on your feet. Right. That's a significantly worse concussion. And that's what happened to him the week before. And magically cleared halfway through the oh, week. Oh, it wasn't even like a game time decision. Oh, no. This he guy was practicing, practicing on Wednesday. I know. And the only thing they brought up during the thing was about his turf toe. Yeah. Nothing about the concussion. Nothing about after nothing he to took see a here. hit. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I mean, and everybody, the announcers, the sideline people were so gaga, like the atmosphere in the stadium. People are on top of each other like roaches I know. in this place. They were like, fuck it. If 100 people die after they leave here, we got the game in son yeah who cares if it's another super spreader yeah. event yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah, who no cares? big deal enjoy your flight home <laughs> it's gonna be a hell of a super bowl i think that kansas city's gonna win the game they've just got too much they're a powerhouse man did you, did you hear there's gonna be uh 22 000 people in tampa yeah well there are- did you know that there's no restrictions whatsoever in florida they could have that stadium completely 100% full. Oh, the the NFL had to hold them back. Nice guys. But apparently the one restriction is, though, that they aren't going to allow the teams to the stadium until two days prior to the game starting. So that's definitely a disadvantage to Kansas City. They're not going to allow them in in the facilities until Mm -hmm. two days prior to the game. So that's a definite advantage to Tampa. Isn't it unbelievable... Tom Brady, all the shit that he's done, and he's the first, the first quarterback to lead his team to a home Super Bowl. Isn't that correct? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like he can do no wrong. Right. Fuck this guy. I still kind of like him now. I don't know. I don't like him. Let me. Let me I just. Jeez. I don't. I don't hate like? him. Like is a is a strong word. I don't I mean, hate I, him. When we get close to the Super Bowl, are you going to be saying root for? <laughs> I may be rooting for. Him. Wow. I, I don't like Mahomes, and I don't like Brady. It kind of rubs me. I think the issue with Mahomes is we've been force-fed it so quickly. God, they just are obsessed with him. He's great, though. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. amazing. I mean, some of the throws he was making in that game were awesome. That team is so fast. It's unbelievable to watch. And I really like Buffalo's team, too, man. Like I I was really rooting for them. I like Josh Allen a lot. I like that offense. I like their style, their balance. I feel bad for everybody in the AFC. They're basically like playing Golden State when Golden State was Golden State, you know? And it's like, I mean, in football, anything can happen, but I just don't see the Chiefs being knocked off for a very long time. They're like an assembly line of these fast, you know, yeah. quick receivers that just... They lost Kareem Hunt, one of the best running backs in the league because of that shit that went down. Didn't miss and a they beat. Didn't, didn't miss a beat. Next man up. Yeah. Andy Reid. But yeah, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. Yeah, the, the Buffalo game was, was anticlimactic. They were in it for a bit, especially after that muffed punt. I was like, all right, here we go. Got a little yeah. life here, and then it just... What a great onside kick, off. by the way. That's yeah. how you fucking do it. Yeah, absolutely. That was glorious, but... Yeah. You it know. was it was a fun weekend. But they went for two. So they I were know. down by three scores anyway, idiots. Is but, math that hard? Is it really that hard? I mean, do they really? They don't just look up at the score and say, okay, and just do addition and subtraction. They start looking at an analytics list. And there's no way they looked at an analytics yeah. list there because no analytics on earth would have said to go for two when you are you would have been down by, by right. two scores one right. way or the other. I totally agree with you. The guy was it, just an idiot. Yeah, anyway. total total moron. But it was, it was nice. The Super Bowl is going to be... It's going to be a good one. Tampa, we'll talk about it when we get closer to the game, but it should, it's going to be a good Super Bowl, and it's good to see a different team in there as well. 
even though it's Brady on it yet again, but at least it's a different team. Agreed. All right, well, let's move on to a couple topics here. So to start things off, as expected, it looks like Washington VP of player personnel Kyle Smith is not in Rivera's plans and will be looking for a new job soon to the point where Smith even hired an agent for the first time because he's only been in Washington for (laughs) the first 11 years of his career. And that kind of made me sad, too. Like the guy's really homegrown. Yeah, but we'll get into that. I said this, what, I don't know, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, this is going to happen. And now it's spread like wildfire. But Hogs Haven, I really enjoy their work, by the way. They're pretty good. Came out with this article on Sunday that was that was pretty interesting. And it's a really good article, and there's a lot more to it, but just kind of just highlighting this one portion of it. Basically, it says that says that Rivera plans on going on a spending spree this offseason and most importantly, landing a quarterback, which Rivera made clear that that was his priority after the loss of the Bucs. Uh, apparently, Rivera feels that they need senior-level guys that he feels comfortable with so they don't take any missteps in this process. Maybe the Amari Cooper miss had something to do with this. I was just kind of thinking like... Yeah, that's a good point. Trying to get a free agent. But you can't blame Kyle Smith for that. Everything was fucking on Skype or, or Zoom. They didn't even get him into the building. You know what I mean? But it, I digress. I wanted to talk about some other things. I mean, I just don't know. I've said I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I just don't think Rivera likes Kyle Smith. Yeah. He has said nothing positive about this guy except for the very beginning of the season when they were on the same page with the Trent Williams situation, but his name never comes out of his mouth. Yeah. It just doesn't. And with him not saying anything, he's speaking volumes. I don't know if you've heard this. I've also heard another reason Rivera wants Kyle gone is because he wants everybody gone from the prior regime. Like they're dirty because of uh, Bruce Allen. Oh, God. He wants to wash them clean and they're tainted. Yeah. And like the Haskins pick up and it's just like damaged goods. Even though it's well documented, he had nothing to do with the Haskins thing. And if you read that article, he actually stood up right before the pick and was like, are we actually doing this? Yeah. We're really going to pick this guy. Yeah. And then they said uh, the owner wants to do it and they had to. Right. This is Rivera's way of saying, Dan, stay the fuck out of everything. You told this guy to get Haskins. Don't do that shit to me. Maybe that's the way to do it. If that's even the case, Rivera doesn't feel like he needs to make any excuses for anything. He just wants his own guys. Bottom line, Kyle Smith is going to land on his feet somewhere. He's an up and coming guy. He's had two of the better drafts in the entire league over the last two drafts, minus that Haskins pick, which wasn't even on him. Right. And um, he'll find a place, and he'll find a place with one of his boys, one of his other young up-and-comer guys that will absolutely love to have him. He might be at the same position that he was, uh, head of scouting or you know director of scouting, whatever the hell title they give it, but he's going to land on his feet, and he's going to do well wherever he goes. It's just a shame because I'm sick of losing these young guys that mm-hmm. – like you said, are homegrown guys. It seems like it's just becoming a yearly thing where we're losing a guy. Damn, I wish we still had him. And maybe that won't come to pass, but you're right. I think part of the philosophy is not necessarily just the relationship, which I I think has gone downhill if it ever was good to begin with, because these guys are supposed to be working hand in hand. Rivera should be making comments about him. Kyle Smith should be making comments about Rivera. Like, yeah, man, we came together on this pick. And they Great. were early on, but he hasn't but said word one about him. I think with the two, with Mayhew and Herney, like you said, that's a good point with they're going to go into free agency now. And that's not Kyle Smith's MO. But that's why does not- he have to be sent out to pasture? Because that's not his MO. He's 36 years old. Give him yeah. a, an elevated title. Call him whatever the fuck you want. Just allow him to do what he is. Give him some more money. He's proven. I, Matt, I think they're feeling there's too many chiefs, not enough, uh, not enough. Uh, well, can I say it? 
Native, yes, Amer- yes. Native Americans. <laughs> Sorry. We'll say too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, maybe. too many cooks in the kitchen is another one. Yeah. And I just, like you said, I, I just think he wants to start fresh. This is his baby. And this is what he's going to do. Unfortunately for Kyle, they better do well in free agency if that's the case. If, yeah, if that's what they feel. Because it, it, I think they're losing something as far as draft and scouting. We talked about this in the previous show. We absolutely. don't want to belabor it. But they better hit on free agency because they're not going to be as sharp in drafting. And just to put things into context real quick, like we'll talk about the 2020 draft, right? Comparative to other teams. Washington is the only team with a draft class to have three players in PFF's top 25 rookie class. It's Chase Young, easy one. But then you got Cameron Kroll, was he seventh, seventh round pick? Right. And Antonio Gibson was a third round pick. Only one. And the year before, I mean, he got McLaurin in the third round. Right. You know, he traded up to get Montez Sweat after that disaster with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. This shit just pisses me off. Drafting guys deep in a draft is the hardest thing to do. And that's what good organizations do. That's how you stay good. That's how you you stay consistent. And to your point with that, if they plan on and I'm doing a little transition here (laughs) to your Mm -hmm. point about, let's say, for example, now there's rumors out there because Stafford is out of Detroit. He wants out. They've made an agreement. Look, he doesn't want to be with a rebuilding team. If they're going to be willing to make a trade for him, just for sake of argument, they're going to have to give up their first round pick. Potentially, it could be their second. It might be the second the next year. Who knows? But let's just say they're going to have to give up an early round pick, definitely their first round this year. That means it's even more imperative. They're going to lose some picks early on that they have to be solid on those later picks. Absolutely. So my point is is that I would have at the very least, and I thought this was going to happen, keep Kyle Smith on until the NFL year ends. where well, all they, the still, scouting they still may. They, they still they may. Haven't got, they haven't gotten rid of him yet. Yeah. Then I'm hoping that that's what they do, is they say, thank you for your service, take his scouting list and say, we'll take it from here. Thank you very much. And can his ass the day before the draft or whatever it is. That's fine. I don't want that to happen to the guy. I feel bad for him, but I'd much prefer feel a hell of a lot more comfortable with that process than them canning him right now and relying on these, these old fucks that don't know anything beyond round three when they don't even have a first or a second round pick. Yeah, and at least he has motivation to put together a good draft. If he goes three for three knowing that he ran the draft, he's going to get a job somewhere. And I know that he's... And he's got Kyle Shanahan. He's got LaFleur. He's got McVay. He he knows these guys. And he'll get a job somewhere. I'm not worried about him. No, he'll be fine. But it's just a matter of, I don't want him to go. And I think it has to do with, he's not going to take a step back going back into college scouting or running that department or whatever. And maybe you just have a discussion with him. How about that, Ron? Say like, look, do you mind... I got this senior level guy here in Mayhew. He's going to take your job. I don't care if you're called a GM or not. That's what he's doing. And just say, look, are you good with this? Maybe we'll give you a few extra bucks and to stick it out. I just think he wants to move on, Matt. And and that's fine. At this point in time, hopefully they just get the information they need out of him. Um, But there's no communication. And that's the problem. Anyway. But yeah, like you mentioned, Stafford, I mean, now that they have their super senior front office, they can get to work, right? So... um, (laughs) So let's let's get out, let's go out there and get ourselves a quarterback, right? On Sunday, Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford asked for a trade, and from all accounts, the Lions seem ready to move on as well, or they're just doing him a solid at this point. I think he's earned it. Yeah, he's been there eleven years or whatever, so they're rebuilding. They've earned yeah. it too to to have that mutual discussion and say, "Hey, look, man, we're rebuilding. 
let's come to terms with the fact that if you don't want to be here, we totally understand. Yeah. We can get something for you at this point in time. We're going to do this the right way, and hopefully they don't send him someplace that he doesn't necessarily want to go and then shit on him that way. But I think that it's a mutual decision, and it's a grown-up decision. Yeah, and for the record, Stafford actually has a very team-friendly deal. Absolutely. Uh, he has two years remaining on his contract, and he's due $20 million in 2021 and $23 million in 2022. That's nothing for a quarterback of his stature. So they basically already paid all of his signing bonuses and everything. That's just a flat deal, and you could potentially extend him. I mean, he's only 33. So he's had a lot of injuries, though. That broken back, I mean, he's had a couple back injuries that have been pretty serious. But other than that, it's been kind of like ankles, thumbs, yeah, shit I like mean, that. To me, it's not a risk. I mean, no. in that aspect of things, I mean, the, the positives well outweigh the negatives with it. Like you said, the deal is friendly. He's got only got two years left on it, um, which is ample time for you to figure out what you want to do moving forward. I think this is the perfect scenario for Washington. Now, there's going to be other takers out there, the Colts, even San Francisco, potentially, even the Raiders. I, I don't know how big they are on car anymore at this point. So there are other takers out there, but... I think Washington needs to go all in on this. Don't experiment with the cams of the world or no, for God's sakes. give your life away to get Deshaun Watson. I was an advocate for Deshaun, but once I saw the Stafford name come out, I'm like, all right, this can be a much more reasonable deal and a viable option. You've got the 19th overall pick. Give them that shit. Oh, yeah. Give it to them. And if you can get away with giving like up a fir- the first round pick and maybe, like I said, the second from 2022 – that would be optimum. But if you have to give up like your first and your third or something like that, hey. And they have two thirds. So and that's they have not two a big thirds, hit. right. So I think that that's a good option. Now, it strictly depends on what competition they have out there. Right. And there are a number of teams that are looking for a quarterback. And at 33 is not an old number for a quarterback. He's got probably four or five years left at playing at a relatively high level depending on his back. I think you got to check that out too because he did have back-to-back seasons where his back was pretty jacked up. So Right now, where are they at, Matt? Where are they at? Well, I mean, you're worried about their about his back? What about Titanium Boy? He's going to get released one way or the other. Good. So, about time. And, and I found out that it's actually not a $13 million cap hit if he gets released. It's about eleven five. So that's even better. There yeah. You go. Hey, automatic upgrade. Oh, hell yeah. Automatic. I mean, boom. Offense is going to generate. He's had some great offensive teams. Unfortunately, the defense has let him down. And he's never had a running game either. And, and, yeah, and he's never had a consistent running game. I mean, well, he won't this, get one here, but it's... <laughs> hey, well, yeah. <laughs> so but, maybe he's got to take that into account. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that with Mayhew being on the staff, hell, man. He was there when they got drafted. He was there for eight years with him. Shit. The stars are aligned for this to happen. <laughs> That kind of worries me that they're going to overspend for him, though, because Mayhew's going to want his ass that badly. And What would you be willing to give up for him? Uh, first and a third would be the max. I think that's reasonable. Uh, from this draft, not next year. First and a third because you have the second, third. Uh, 19th overall pick. What are you going to get out of that? You pretty right. much have, if you can get a quarterback for four or five years and with this window of time that you have um, with this defense and upgraded in other areas in the free agency. I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. It's just I agree. But like two first rounds, something like that, that's way too much. No, no. Especially, like you said, then the back part and things like that start to come into the equation. But yeah. for a first and a third, I'll figure that out when he gets here. 
and then it gives um, you ample time to find out right. his successor and you exactly. know you can start thinking about that in two or three years or whatever and you know you're in good shape i'm all for it man no it's I'm a perfect spot it. he's he's a mobile guy yeah works perfectly with uh norv jr's offense you know they like those mobile quarterbacks he does a lot of zone reads stuff like that and he's got a cannon for an arm He's a beast. He, he's automatically. Hey, gonna, and you uh, can bring Galladay over as well. He's a free agent. So bring his <laughs> ass over. I mean, hell, Michael Thomas is looking for a trade. Let's just do it all, man. Let's go old school Snyder. Well, Galladay, at least you have to trade for <laughs> yeah, him. No, so, I know. I know. But let's. I mean, just, that's Terry and, and Galladay. That'd yeah. be pretty nice. But even pretty nice. But, but Matt, even if let's say they, they do need to, I'm not I'm not making this argument for that purpose. They do need to upgrade the wide receiver position. But even having him in the lineup, it automatically upgrades those receivers immensely. Because oh, those absolutely. those receivers have speed. I mean, even if you are stuck with, let's say, for example, the Sims boys, McLaurin, and still have Logan Thomas. And you have Calvin Harmon coming and you back. Ha- exactly. So, I mean, I don't think you're in a complete bind. Obviously, you want to upgrade the position, but he's automatically going to upgrade those boys. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. They'll have the money to do something, and I think um, it's a good spot to spend some money at. All right, so after the break, we're going to have a little whiz talk. So you ready for that, Noel? Hey, they had plenty of a break. We should take one too, right? Yeah, I need a break. (laughs) You'll have plenty of time to gloat about how right you've been Uh, about certain things with the Wizards. See you on the other side. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to Boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. All right. Welcome back. Finally, let's uh, talk about the Wiz. You're Washington Wizards. Oh here. my gosh. Noel's Woo. Washington Wizards. I'm, I'm my Wiz. <laughs> so um the Wizards lost to the Spurs in San Antonio on Sunday, 121 to 101. It was actually a pretty close game, but in typical Wizards fashion, they get crushed in the fourth. We'll get into reasons why there. But hey, fun fact, the Wiz haven't beaten the Spurs in San Antonio since, since you know. Nineteen ninety nine. That is correct. Yes. How many uh, how many games straight is that? I don't know, eighteen or something. Uh, it's close. Twenty one. All right, whatever. Twenty one times. My God, that's a crazy stat. Don't get me wrong, but San Antonio was damn good. If anything, this was probably this and maybe last year were probably their best chances. They should have won last year. They should have won last year. Yes. But yeah, that team was good for two decades, man. <laughs> oh, I know. But ironically, they actually won when Tim Duncan was there. Right. In exactly. 99. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, the Wizards were without a ton of guys on Sunday, including Rui Hachimura, Bertans, Troy Brown, which, thank God for that. I think he should just stay on the COVID list for the foreseeable future. Ish Smith, Mo Wagner. It was due to the COVID protocols. They were also missing Raul Neto because of an injury. He should be back, they're thinking, next Tuesday. But uh, the Wizards sitting at 3-9 and nine after their two-week hiatus. 
13th in the East, and our old friend John Wall and the Rockets are on, next on the docket. Let's do this. Yeah, that's tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's uh, big time, man. Oh, man, I'm excited about it. This is uh, some new news that came out. Um, it was just reported that from a supposed NBA insider at Ivergoat on Who? Twitter. Ivergoat, never heard of him? He's, he's a good guy. <laughs> Rolls <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> I think it's Iverson Goat. Oh, but he did Iver go. oh yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Quote, Westbrook isn't close to healthy. A source close to him tells me that he's limping outside of games and is only playing because the Wizards can't play if he sits. Like they literally can't play because they don't have enough guys. He's expected to shut it down if his quads do not respond. End quote. Mm, okay. There you go. How long's the squad injury been going on for? Quads by the way? are tricky, Noel. Quads are tricky. Are they? Are yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> hey, bye. I don't know what else to say about it. Let's go to the San Antonio game for a second. Sure. I didn't expect miracles, okay? This team was decimated. You went down the list of guys that they didn't have. It probably would have been quicker for you to go down the list of guys that they actually had. <laughs> right. They came out of the game hot. They came out of the game with a pep in their step because there's a got, lot of guys out there that got a lot to prove. So they came out guns blazing. And, you know, with fatigue and not being in game, complete game shape and everything else, they withered at the end. That's fine. They were in the game. I- I'm okay with that. But you you knew what was going to happen. Oh, no, game. no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wasn't that delusional. I'm like, damn, they've got a chance in this. I knew eventually the shit was going to hit the fan. But what I didn't realize when you have a decimated roster is your primary point guard, supposed to be a Hall of Famer, comes out and is one of the worst players on the entire team. Yes. That's what I didn't realize was going to happen. When you're in a decimated roster, you would think, okay, Beal and Westbrook are going to say, fuck this. We're going to go over the game. Take this shit over. And if we have to take 60% of the shots, that's what the hell we're going to have to do. This guy was freaking deferring to Winston during the games. (laughs) He was horrifically bad. He was. I mean, really bad. You know, I, I've said in the past that he looks like the Muggsy Bogues uh, Monstar yeah. from Space Jam. It's like his talent was taken. You remember the scene when Barkley was playing against the yeah. girls? Yeah. This is what it looks like. Oh, my God. The uh, body snatchers thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were t- it was like in the middle of a game, like the movie Vice Versa or some shit, like a different person went into his body that had never <laughs> played basketball before. And he's just like, whoa, where am I? Like in the middle of a basketball (laughs) court and didn't even know where the hell he was. I mean, when the one play, when he actually showed a tiny bit of speed is when they had that break and he got, I mean, (laughs) the shit rejected out by two guys. I mean, it was a volleyball spike. Matt, if there was an extra lacquer of paint on the court, he wouldn't have gotten off the ground. It's it's scary bad. It has to be the injury, Noel. It has to. There's no explanation. Nobody goes that far down that quickly. He was having almost the, pretty much the best season of his career with the Rockets last year before he got hurt. But it's been this way the whole season. Everybody was just seeing this flashiness because the triple doubles, the triple doubles. And I said, fool's gold. Easy here, everybody. Easy. I he thought was he playing like those shit. first games, too. He, he can't handle the ball. Nope. He can't pass the ball. Every time he gets it, it looks like 
he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that has nothing to do with a quad that you can't handle a basketball or or make a simple pass from A to B. It's like he's afraid to do anything out there. He's lost all the confidence. Any confidence that he had is gone. And confidence is a huge part of basketball. If you don't have any, you're toast. And how does this guy have none? Yeah. I mean, after all that he's done throughout his career, quad injury or not, you're, you're right. I mean, you, at least you'd be able to handle the ball. I mean, at least be able to bring it up the court. If somebody presses him, he doesn't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. He starts to panic. Yeah, there was that one play initially in the game where he posted the dude up, where he had an undersized guard. I was like, all right. Yeah, all right, here we go. Let's let's play some old man ball at least. Yeah. If you're going to play like an old man, at least play like a fucking old man. Put your ass into him. Going to wear 20s baseball suits. (laughs) Right. I mean, if you're going to act and play like an old man that can't walk from here to there, play like we used to play against Pop when we started to get to the point where we were better than him. Yeah. All of a sudden, the fouls started coming out of the woodwork and his ass started going into you all over. You were flying all over the court. When he realized that you would take him over, all of a sudden it's like, damn, the arms started coming out of everywhere. If you can't dribble the ball, if you can't drive to the basket, which he cannot do. Cannot. You need to evolve your game in some other form or fashion until these squads get fixed or you need to hit the road, Jack, straight up. And this team's not built for a guy like him to rely on a guy like that because they play better without him. And they can't wait on him. If he's genuinely hurt, he needs to sit out as long as possible because they are better without him. I know Neto was hurt, but once they get these guys back, he cannot see the court until he's officially 100%. Yeah. They'll hold down the fort. Him and Ish are fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're serviceable. You don't need to watch this guy hobbling up and down the court like an old man. And goddamn, man, I told you before, I'm excited about this wall game. And they just beat the shit out of the Mavs by about 26. And I know, I know, Wall only played like 20 minutes in that game. He's like, hey, coach, I know I don't usually play back-to-backs, but um, we're kicking the shit out of the Mavs right now. Could you only play me for about 20 minutes? I got a game on Tuesday. I think he is going to come out fucking guns blazing. And it's scary if Westbrook moves the way that he does. And the games that I've seen with Wall, Wall's not all even all there yet. Westbrook's not going to play. I'm telling you, because Neto's going to be back, and I think some of these guys will be off protocol. There's no chance in hell, because that's a recipe for disaster. I think it's just, even if he is in his own mind healthy enough to play, sit this one out. How do you think the Beal-Wall dynamic is going to go down? I don't know. You know Wall probably blames Beal for this. He has to. Absolutely. You know, he's not an idiot. Yeah. And and he knows that Beal had had to give the okay for this to happen. And even if Beal went to him and said, look, man, I didn't have anything to do with it. I got blindsided just like you did. He's like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, but all you sure. had to, hey, Beal, all you had to do was say, fuck no. Mm-hmm. And this deal would have never do. happened. If he goes, I go. Mm-hmm. That's all he would have had to say, and Wall would be playing with the Wizards right now. So he knows damn well he might not have pushed for it, but he didn't fight against it. It's so funny. He's like, man, what happened? Wait, what? You're my brother. Yeah, well, what? I can't, my, my brother's leaving? Dude. Give me a fucking Like break. sending out like a shocking gif. Uh-huh. Like a meme. Like, what? He was ready for it. He's like, I'm going to pick out the yeah, right yeah. meme. <laughs> when the headlines hit, send. <laughs> it's got to be awkward as hell. And this team is decimated. And they're going to go into Houston. And it's going to be scary bad. But this team's got a lot of work. Even with the team the way that it is set up right now, and we've belabored this Brooks being a shitty coach thing till the cows come home. Uh, can't be belabored. But, but there's when nobody the Spurs worse. are one of the worst three-point three making shooting. teams in the league, and you give up 50% from three-point range, 
Patty Mills is taking wide open shots like from his feet. It's just ridiculous. Beal has no desire to play defense. They're double teaming guys that don't need to be double teamed. There's no homework done. Mm -mm. They don't look at the film. You can just tell. They go underneath picks when they should be going over them on a good three-point shooter. The whole thing is a disaster. And when you have hungry young guys that are fighting for a job, the very least you think that these guys would be able to do is kill it on the defensive side of the ball and go nuts. Right, And they can't even do that. We had Scout with Brian on, and he he worked with Brooks, and he said they don't do any homework whatsoever. They do no prep, no film study, very little. It shows on the court, and it yeah. doesn't matter. I don't give a shit how hungry these guys are. If they're not put in the right position to succeed, they're not going to. Agreed. And your point to these guys that are, that are not stars that are on the court, that are just trying to make their way in the NBA, if there's no intensity from them on the defensive end, there's nobody else you can blame at this point. I don't know what else this guy has to do to get fired. I just don't. They've created a firestorm of COVID within the NBA. He's the worst coach in the NBA, has actually, I believe, a very good team. I think that they're just not coached properly, and they are never going to be coached properly with this guy at the helm. And there's got to be somebody out there. I'd rather have Hubie Brown right now. Is, Is he, he still alive? I, I don't know. Is he dead? I mean, he, he's got to be <laughs> close if he ain't. Well, I mean, shit, he looked like a corpse 20 years ago. The ghost of Hubie. <laughs> I'd rather have the ghost of Hubie than him right now. I'd rather have Red Auerbach in the ground. <laughs> Just push his casket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get some quality minutes out of somebody Look, with that. It's one of those things where I believe COVID saved his ass. Okay, it's kind of like that Jay Gruden situation when he was decimated with injuries It elongated his period of coaching. And that's another thing that I talked to you about on the Westbrook trade, Matt. Did this extend Brooks life? I don't think so. I hope not. At this point, if they were actually a formidable team, if they were sitting at at like 500, possibly, but they're terrible. And it's yeah. all because of him. And also to your point, if Westbrook was playing really well, that too, you say like, look, man, hey, Brooks is my boy and I'm playing good. We got something going here. Westbrook looks like he's never played basketball before. We've got one of the worst point guards in the league. Oh, yeah. We've got the worst coach in the league. That is disastrous, Matt. And this COVID thing is a hiccup. And I didn't have any delusions that they were going to win the game. But to come out and play with no passion and your star players minus Beal who does Beal is not looking good for the future right now. As hard as it for me to say right now, I think they got to trade Beal, get what you possibly can out of him and start this thing anew. It's sad to say, but I don't see this team going anywhere unless they somehow get a new coach that just pulls this thing together. And sometimes that works. It does. It's not the NFL where uh, you do something during the season. It's it's usually disastrous or just writing on the wall. Right. You can make a good turn in the NBA. It's happened many times where an interim coach or they hire in a guy quick that can make that quick turnaround if you've got decent personnel. And this team does when healthy. But right now, my worst fears had happened. And I think you, Matt, need to listen back to a couple of the podcasts where I said this is what's going to happen. I don't think any... Hold on, hold on. I'm patting myself on the back now. Okay. I said specifically, this is what's going to end up coming to fruition. Westbrook is going to come in and he's going to shit the bed. And what's going to happen? This team isn't going to be productive or as productive as Beal had intended. And we're going to lose out hard. We're going to have a crazy contract with a has-been Westbrook. And Beal's going to be bye-bye. And that's what's looked like closer and closer is each game that they lose. 
and they look worse and worse, that that's what's going to end up happening here. No, I don't disagree, but nobody saw the way that Westbrook was going to play. This no, way. I didn't even foresee this. There's no way anybody could. This is holy shit, what the hell, man. <laughs> Yeah, like, who is this guy? Yeah. Let's just hope and pray that it's yeah. just the Hey, maybe thing. they'll make some miraculous turnaround when they get all the pieces back, but... They really need some help in some certain spots where we thought that they were going to be solid. I like the uh, Alex Len pickup. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's a serviceable guy. They needed a center. He can grab some boards, score some serviceable points every once in a while off a tip. Got a little three. They need some punch from some spots that they're not getting it right now. And like you said, primarily the coaching spot. Agreed. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, beltwaysportsbros.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on Friday.